looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Yeah. I felt it down in my plums this morning. <laughs> uh, do you have the happy birthday thing? No. Oh. Is this someone's birthday? Yesterday was uh, uh, my dad's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy When's your birthday? Now this, this is just catchy. Puts me in a good mood, man. Such a great song. So I brought some I started playing it for my kids when their birthdays are rolling around. It's fantastic. I love it. I like it when they squonk. Squonk. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I guarantee you one of our listeners has adopted this song at this point. You know? It's catchy. It's, it's very. I'm surprised you had not heard that before. Never had till we sat down. This is great. It's a staple now. Uh, yeah, yesterday was Dad's birthday, so uh, happy birthday to Happy to birthday, Dave. Daddy Ross. Huh. I, I like it. Um, yeah, so I had some sex this morning. Nice. Good for you. Thursday is your sex day, apparently. Thursdays are... S- well, I just started this. It hasn't always been sex day. <laughs> it's sex day under, under the hybrid learning environment. It's sex day because we have three children. Thursday is the only day. Where they're all gone. So we got Duke in uh, preschool. Hollis is in their first year of kindergarten. Seton's in fourth grade. And Thursday is the only day that they all leave. So I figured, why not? Just bang one out. Get it out of the way. So the rest of my Thursday is clear at this point. I don't know if I'm more jealous of you that you're getting booty on the weekly or that you have a hybrid learning system for your kids. You're not in DMPS. Because I'm jealous of both of those oh, things equally right now. School at home is so pathetic, by dude, the way, dude. It, it is. It, it's, it is non-existent. My wife's trying. But even like trying, like if, if our fourth grader goes straight through it, it's like an hour, hour and a half. That's done. It's rough, man. We have a fifth grader at home, as you know. Um, it has been brutal. Because, the first, listen, it started out great. It, the first couple of days last week, Eli was like, this is awesome, I'm back in school. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm seeing my friends. And, and we sat there and kind of, you know, eavesdropped for a little while, and things went great. And the teacher does an amazing job. The, the teachers do are doing a great job with everything that is in place. Um, but that lasted three days, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
I think it was Friday last week, I came walking in the house around 1 o'clock, and he was sitting upside down on the couch with his feet straight up. In the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that international sign that a kid has for, I'm done. Yeah. I have checked yeah. out, and I am doing anything I can to not pay attention to what's in front of me. And that's kind of how it, that, that, that's how this week has been much more. I've seen a lot more of the, by 8.30, he's moving around the house already with his laptop because yeah. he doesn't want to sit in his little school area that we've so the, the, the divisive question, of course, that many, many people are asking, and I feel like more parents are falling on the side of, let's get our dang kids into school, um, is what's, what's more dangerous to them. Now, obviously, if on one side someone dies, <laughs> that's not the right call, and that's the most dangerous. However, we know via data that uh, COVID doesn't seem to be harming children in large numbers, at least not killing them. You can make that long-term argument if you want to, right? Well, and when they're 40, it's going to matter. But what is more dangerous, in air quotes, to them? This, this thing that's not killing them in large numbers, and that's just true if you look at the data, or what we're doing to their education right now. Mark. I mean, talk about falling behind, being out of patterns, and by the time your kids get back into school, whenever that's going to be, it's going to be a long time since they had regular school. Imagine just having your kid out of school for a month. Just, yeah. I mean, think about what that would have been when we were kids. What you the, been ca- awesome. the catch up that you would have had to do. Yeah, to the, dude, I had surgery when I was in eighth grade. I had a, a, a bowel disease, mm-hmm. and uh, so I missed like a month of school in eighth grade. Maybe a little, a little bit more because they took a, a while to diagnose it and all that stuff. Man, I had to spend an amazing amount of time. It took me a hell of a lot longer than a month to catch up on that month that I missed. And we were yeah. doing schoolwork in the hospital, and we were, you know what I mean? We did all this stuff. And, and the excuse that is being given, the excuse that is out there, and I'm sure somebody that's listening right now is thinking it in their head, is, well, every kid's going through it. It's not like when I... So they're all going to be equally dumb. That's what they're saying. And to your point, no, they're not all doing the same thing because... Seton's getting a better shake right now than Eli. Seton's at least getting in school from time to time. He's getting some sort of yeah, structure. Yeah. And again, I, I don't think either one of us are saying that the that the um, virtual model is useless. Uh, I, there, there, it, again, Eli got some great benefit out of it those first couple of days. I think every day he gets a couple of minutes, maybe hour, hours. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not. It's and, not even close. But Mark, so yes, the education is, I think, an obvious one. Most of us can look at that and go, ooh, yeah, this can't be good for my kid, who's an extremely important part of his developmental stage, to miss out on... And it's better on, for some on, kids on and worse from others, too. I mean, some, some getting, have to be in that classroom environment. Mark, now you're getting to the bigger point here that isn't talked about at all. That, the, that, that I'm, I'm shocked and amazed that the teachers in the DMPS, I haven't seen them come out and speak up for the kids that they know. Dude, I'm, I'm on the board for two different charities that help out for kids on the east side of Des Moines, specifically. But, I mean, the, the, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Iowa helps out with kids all over Des Moines. But the Eastside Golf Classic is designed to specifically help those kids. Yeah, Dude, it, it, it breaks my heart. It will bring tears to my eyes to think about the specifics of what's happening in that community right now. Because yeah. there are... St- there are more kids than most of us would want to admit that need an escape. They've got to get away from home. They've got to be around some adults. Home sucks. Dude, Mark, you and I are having this conversation off the air about where I'm raising Eli is. 
in some ways better and in some ways much worse than where I grew up. Yeah. I, I don't have as tight of a community around me right now as what I grew up in. But what I do have is a different idea of success around me. So when I was a kid, the, the people that I grew up around were, were roofers and contractors and blue-collar guys. And that was like, you know, having a union job was a great thing yeah. to do. And, and I saw the benefit of hard work and all that. My son is growing up around doctors and, and things like that. Way out of way. The success is way greater than sports what I've broadcasters been. that yeah. win, win uh-huh. sports broadcast of the year every year. Mr. Yeah, Keith, Keith Murphy. Murphy. Keith Murphy yeah. lives in our neighborhood. Right, that guy. Not me. Yeah, not, no, the, no. Not me. You. You got guy. fired recently. What are you talking about? I'm gonna, probably going to be canned again this year. It's okay. You got real estate now. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm moving and burning, baby. Helped a guy buy a house this week. Booyah. Uh, told, I told you that would happen in your career. Yes, you did. Yeah, this is my. So you get at least one. I and said. This Ross, is actually get one. the nice thing is this is actually a referral from the first one. So see, see, see what see what happens. People like you when you turn on when you when you're actually nice to people and you treat them right. I know. It's thanks, great. thanks, Derek. You're the man, dude. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, so anyway, like the kids that aren't in school right now, that are in some of our worst communities, what they're being exposed to when they're missing out on being around a teacher who loves them, who really does. I mean, these teachers, they have, most of these teachers are awesome people, and they're doing this because they want to give back and they want to be an influence in some kid's life, and yeah. they have that opportunity in Des Moines. That's why the teachers in Des Moines love their district, because they get that opportunity. Let me ask you this anecdotally, and maybe you yeah. know someone, maybe you don't, because I don't know anybody in this situation. Um, take a kid in the Des Moines school system, let's say uh, you know, single-parent household, which is common, in Des Moines, uh, you know, first grader, third grader, mom has to go to work. Right now, as we speak, that first and third grader are home alone. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people doing exactly that. Do you know of anybody that's like living that as we Mark, speak? Mike, my, my kid is home alone. And he's, I mean, Eli's what grade? In fourth grade? In fifth, fifth grade. A right. little bit older. A little bit older. Probably shouldn't be home alone. No. A long time. I don't think illegally. But I'm, that's just like, yeah. that, that's crazy to me. And this is happening thousands of times. All over. Right? Yep. That the school system can't figure it out to say, that's not good. That, that shouldn't be what the resolution to this is. Let's take the risk of them coming back and maybe getting this COVID that, again, is not really killing kids. Now, somebody listening might be, yes, it is. Okay. In minuscule numbers. All right. You have to look at the data. This is not something that's going after our youth. Okay. Um, it, it Mark here. Is okay. that worse? Let's, let's is that worse pa- than them being home it. trying to cook their own mac and cheese, burning the house down? Yeah. Well, uh, let's have that conversation about the, the uh, about somebody getting this thing and somebody dying. Okay. Because first of all, there's no way of knowing where they got it. If it, if a teacher goes to school and teaches thirty kids, and then she goes home. He goes home and, uh, I don't know, maybe goes to Outback Steakhouse, goes to the grocery store. Lives their life. Lives their life. Maybe goes to a laundromat. Maybe goes to, I I don't even name a place. Goes to Target. Yeah. Goes to get toilet paper. Goes anywhere where there's humans. We don't know where that person got that disease. Correct. Picked up the virus. Contact tracing is bullshit. 
Good luck. Williams had this thing. Good Williams luck. Williams has no idea where he got it, who he got it from. He, well, Williams had it and didn't give it to you. It didn't give it to anybody. And didn't you, give it to and his you wife. Were, you were around. Didn't give it to his wife, who he slept next to every night. Didn't give it to his daughters, who he was holding every day. Yeah. So, for, so, so there's multiple things that we're piling on top of each other here. Number one, it, which is the most common thing that everybody should say about this, we don't know. Quit, quit, people need to quit acting like they know. So anybody that's like, well... A lot of teach, medical degrees Teachers going are going to die if we send them back. Not only has some of the medical advice shown, Mark, that kids aren't necessarily getting this thing. I think a lot of the medical advice... They're are, not passing it. They're not transmittable. Yeah. Or transmitting it. Yeah. And again, I'll say those three words again. I don't know. What, here's what I do know. By not putting kids in school... We are causing major long-term negative effects in these kids' lives right now. It's ha- every day. Not just physically, though. Mark, Me- mentally. Mentally. Some Big of aspect it, of yeah, it. Yeah, some of it is physical. We had, oh, man, this is a tough one. When this first went down, spring break happens, and then all of a sudden we got a thing. It's like, hey, we're just going to extend spring break a week, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and maybe it was like the third week of that was when I I heard something or read something that said, "Be and maybe it was something that came from Boys and Girls Club." It said we need to be aware of kids that are growing up in some abusive homes right now because this three weeks at home is yeah. very dangerous for those kids who need the escape. Those three weeks, yeah, were dangerous for yeah. them to be at home, and so I even pulled Eli aside and walked our way into a conversation about. Do you have any friends that you think live in a house like this? And he told me he did. Mm-hmm. And he told me the kids, the boy's name. And I don't, I, I did, I'd never heard this boy's name, but it was a boy that he went to school with. And he said, this boy had confided in him and another boy that he, that his dad hits him. Yeah. So I called the principal and said, this is what was just shared with me. I'm sure you guys are on it. Cause again, I've been around schools long enough to know if my son's telling me this, there's a 95% chance that the teacher knows that the principal knows yeah. that everybody involved knows, but I wanted to make sure that, the, and that was three weeks in Mark, we were worried about what happens to this kid. We're six months into this thing, seven months into this thing. Yeah. And and we have a chance to get those kids back out of that house for a short period of time. Everybody else around the state is showing they can do it safely. Most of the school districts around the country are showing that you can that's, do this so safely. That, that, that's the number. And again, I, I don't know if you looked it up. The, the thing that shocked me was, was it 317? I don't want to give a way wrong number for school districts in Iowa. It's something around so, so, Something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I'll look it up. But anyway, but anyway like let's, we're assuming it's 317 while you're looking it up. Um what Kim Reynolds said yesterday, and I know there's people listening that hate Kim Reynolds, but this is just what she said. 316 of the 317 school districts. Uh, 367? 367. All right, so 366 of 367 school districts. He's like our show producer back there. He is. Have figured out that they can do some type of a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. What is so different and special about Des Moines? Now, I get it. It's the largest school district. But there's plenty of other large school districts as well that have got kids back in. Is it, do, does the Des Moines school district have special scientists that nobody else has access to? Are they looking at special CDC data that nobody else has been able to look at? Do they have less time than everybody else had to prepare? What is so special about Des Moines that Des Moines can't figure this out and you could argue that Des Moines is the school district that probably needs it the most 
based on the type of kids you're talking about, to have them in a structured environment, to be able to get out of the house, to get solid meals, to get whatever, right? Yeah. What, what is going on with the Des Moines School District? Now, you're in it. You live there. Yeah, I do. So I have, no, and, and, I have and, no answers for you. And, I have opinions on the superintendent. And Mark, I've always been a big supporter of DMPS. I always have. I, when I was producing Jan Michelson's show, Jan was an adamant supporter of homeschooling and, uh, and didn't like the idea of public schools. He, the, the government schooling system was just something that he was opposed to as a diehard conservative. Yeah. And I see all the great benefits of it, man. Not, all the things that we were just talking about, that it helps out. The, so many kids would fall through the cracks. If it were just left to the parents' own demise to try to get their kid off to school and, get, and find a teacher to school their kid and get them curriculum, I, my kids wouldn't make it, man. And I'm, I, I like to think I'm slightly above average. Yeah. I'm probably not, but I like to think I am, like most people. And my kid wouldn't make it in that system. He's not making it now in this system. It's so frustrating, Mark, because not only has everybody else figured it out. I, I, when you ask, like, what is, what's the difference with Des Moines? Politics is a big part of it, I think. Okay. You've got a superintendent that's clearly butting heads with the governor. Yes. And that's, and, but more frustrating with me with the superintendent and what's happened with this whole thing is, the inconsistency before school actually got started. We were told as parents that there was going to be a hybrid model. We were basically promised that. The return to learn plan was sent back in, and it was a hybrid model. We, Aaron and I, we, we talked about this. We were looking at other options. We were looking at private school to send Eli to. We were looking at doing education resource associates to be like a supplemental uh, educational thing yeah. for him. But we were told there's going to be a hybrid model. We were even sent the days that Eli was going to be in school and the days that he wouldn't be in school. Wednesday was going to be the cleaning day and all this, mm -hmm. which would have even that would have been cool. He's out of the house a couple better days. Structure. Back, yeah, better structure. It gives us time as a family to kind of set these things in place. Yeah. And then that got pulled out from underneath us. And now I think you can look back on it now and realize that their plan never was to do that hybrid model. They're, they're fighting so hard to hold on to the digital model that it seems like that was all a ruse, that that was all. I feel like I got lied to. I don't know that. And you know, you know I'm re, I, I don't assume bad motives. I don't want to do that. It doesn't help anybody or, or move yeah. conversations. Yeah. It felt like I got lied to there because they're, hold, they're fighting so hard now to hold on to something that they didn't tell us they were going to do. But the ultimate question would be, why? Now, if you ask them, I think the answer would be, and them being who's ever making the, the call, I think the decision would be, we just don't feel it's safe right. for kids and teachers to return. Yeah, and I think more teachers than kids. And then the answer to the question to that, the follow-up question is, why is it safe for 366 and not safe for you? What, 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 why are you looking at this so differently right. Than everybody else. We've talked about the kid thing. Now let's talk about the teacher thing for a minute. Because we, I, I have a lot of friends that are teachers, and I've seen several of do, them. Do the teachers, I, you can't speak for all teachers. Is it your opinion that the teachers don't want to go back yet or do want to go back? Uh, based on I, safety. I, based I, on safety. I would not say, I wouldn't paint teachers with a broad brush in any way. They're all over the board. There are teachers that absolutely want to go back and, and would sit here right now and not give us their names and say, we think the superintendent's a jackass and we want to be back in school 
five days a week. Mm-hmm. And there are teachers that from the same school that yep. would sit here and say, oh my gosh, this is incredibly dangerous. I have comorbid conditions. I have pre-existing conditions. I've got XYZ. I'm living with XYZ. We cannot do this. So, I mean, I think if you gave me the magic wand, the right thing to do would be to give parents the option. Give teachers the option. Just like my buddy that is a manager at a Walmart right now. Yeah. And my buddy that works at Firestone. They're both dealing with the same thing. Their corporations cannot fire people for missing work right now. Can't do it. In fact, their their absentee policy has basically turned into, if you don't feel like coming to work, don't come to work. Okay. And they can't fire them. Yep. So what are a lot of people doing, Mark? They're not showing up for work. Because they can get away with it. Because they can get away with it. And they can say, you know what? I I don't feel like being there today. I'm not going to be there today. Because there's no punishment. If you could, I think that they should do the same thing for teachers. They should say, listen, if you don't want to come back, don't come back. We're not going to fire you. You, You'll keep your job. And next year when we've got a a vaccine for this thing, or we've got a better handle on it, or we've got a better plan, then you can decide what you want to do with your career. But this year you're not going to lose your job. Yeah. You can can teach uh, digitally if you can help out in that way. Parents, same way. Parents, if you want to keep your kid at home because he's got asthma. Give the choice, though. You a just, choice. Right. Give a choice. Uh, which, I, which I 100% agree with. And I don't know at what point you just say, okay, listen, this isn't for you. I don't know if you gave this analogy. It might have been, might have been from you about the uh, 9-11 pilot thing. I don't know if you were telling me that. But it would be like, imagine after 9-11 happened. I swear it was you. But anyway, after 9-11 happened, I'm sure you had some pilots that we're not super eager about flying planes again. And somebody would have gone to those pilots and said, part of your job is being able to get into the cockpit, right? You can't fly the plane without getting into the cockpit. That's part of the deal. And if you're not comfortable with that and you can't do that, you don't get to be a pilot anymore. It's as simple as that. And that's okay. That's okay. It is okay. Go go choose a different thing. Right. So is it unfair to say to the teachers, listen, part of being a teacher is being in the classroom. And if you're not comfortable being in the classroom, that's okay. That's okay. Absolutely. But you might need to choose a different and profession. that's exactly what I was saying. Give, you got to give me a year. You say, we're not going to fire you. You're keeping your job. You're keeping all your benefits. You're keeping your salary. You're going to help us out. We're going to find something for you to do where you can, you can help us out digitally. And, and maybe next year we'll stay, keep this exact same plan. Maybe next year we're in status quo, man, and we got to have parents that are willing to do this and kids that, are, that don't want to come to school and teachers that are still willing to do this. That could be, and maybe that, that stays where it is. What I, this is what I would say to, to teachers, though. Like the Walmart, the Target, the high V employees who have been at work every day for nine months, they've been showing up at work every day, handling the same merchandise that people from all of these different communities, like think about a, a gal that works or a guy that works yeah. at Target. Not dying in large numbers. They're not. Mark, we, don't, we haven't seen anything that's like, oh my gosh, these people are even getting... Huge you, outbreak in Target huge outbreak. and Walmart. Right. And it's not happening. And, and so... It's like they want to ignore all that though. You and I have been leaving our house every day for the last nine months. My yeah. wife has been going to a hospital most days. Yeah. And and has been around people that have to had, our knowledge no COVID yet to it, our no, no to, we, we never had never and Aaron, I've never been tested Aaron's right. never been tested yeah knock on wood so yeah it's uh, it, um well here's something I saw related to this but this is something you could speak on too because I know that you are friends with uh, the Roosevelt coach 
So the story that broke uh, yesterday, I, did, I didn't know the kid at all, but apparently some stud from Roosevelt is transferring to Dowling. Didn't know this. Didn't even hear this. How did you not know this? Yeah. This was li- literally on the news last night. Yeah, I didn't watch the news last night. So one of their studs, defensive lineman or or somebody. They've got a couple kids at Roosevelt that had a chance to get that had to have good senior seasons and could have played college football. Yeah. So probably one of those guys. Yeah. Um, and they interviewed uh, what's his last Mitch Mitch Moore Mitch Moore. They interviewed Mitch Moore on the news yeah. last night, and he's saying. You could tell he's frustrated. We yeah. said the kid had my blessing. So this kid's family has to establish residency in West Des Moines, which at a minimum means they have to go get an to apartment. Dow- you say going to Dowling? Going to Dowling. Why does he have to do that? I don't know. He just does. That's what they said on the news. Has to has to establish residency to be able to do that. What um, the hell? <laughs> yeah. So, but the point is, how demoralizing to the Roosevelt team to lose one of their better players all because they can't play. Well, they can't I, play. You know, Mark, there's I a mean, lot there's other there. things outside of the classroom yeah. here, too, that are going on. I'm going to look up this kid's name. Yeah, so here's here's some things that you uh, you may need to know, because Mitch Moore was on our show with us on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Um, the chances that those kids at Roosevelt ever get to play again are very little. I mean, the season for the, season for the most part is done for Des Moines Public School Districts. So this kid... It, but the team is proceeding every day, like they're doing at Hoover, like they're doing at East, like they're doing at Lincoln. Every day, these guys are getting together. They're running unorganized practices or whatever they're calling them, unsanctioned practices, where basically the entire team gets together, doesn't wear pads, but goes to a football practice that some of the team leaders are, are, are conducting. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so this kid has to be looking around and going, man, this ain't it. This can't be it. If... If you were in that situation, if you were this young man that was a defensive end, or I think they have a running back that's the same same way, that Mitch Moore, who has coached at the D1 level, he was an assistant at, at, at Iowa State. Finn Claypool. Mitch knows what it takes to play college football. And Mitch shows up at Roosevelt a couple years ago and says, hey, we got a couple kids here that could really do something. And these are kids that you're going to, we're talking about change their lives. These are not the doctor's kids that we were talking about earlier at Roosevelt. These are kids that need this opportunity. Need it. This is uh, his father on Twitter had said. So Keith Murphy came out and said, the DMPS student-athlete departures begin. Roosevelt's outstanding defensive lineman, Finn Claypool, transferring to Dowling so he can continue playing football. Hearing from parents of football and basketball players in district now seeking options. And then his dad, I believe, Adam Claypool, uh, responded, said something. As you referenced, the story is not transferring. The story is how many vulnerable kids are still being left behind. Hopefully, they'll figure out a plane ASAP. The academic and athletic gaps are too wide already. So, and yeah, and in the story, says so they have to they have to establish residency in West Des Moines. That's I thought, wild. I thought, I thought Dowling was like yeah. open enroll from anywhere. Dude, then it is because I- this must be an IHSAA thing about being able to play football. I know that's not the case. I mean, and let, th- 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 there's something odd about that. There's something that, uh, that else has to be there. I went. I grew up with handfuls of guys that went to Dowling, played sports at Dowling, lived lived a nine iron away from the fair. But maybe grounds. it's during the season. Maybe it's to play right away. There's got to be something to, to that's... play right away. Maybe the in season transfer it, it require. But even if it's you're going to a private school, yeah, I don't know. 
Just that's saying. wild. I had no idea. That is a, that's something I might even have to, maybe I'll bother Murph today when I cross over with him to ask him what that's about because that doesn't make any sense to me as to why they'd have to do that. I, I mean, dozens of dudes I know that went to Dowling that didn't grow up in West Des Moines, that never yeah. lived in West Des Moines, never had a residency out there. Yeah. All illegal. All committed. No, not, Ill, not illegal. Like my Breaking buddy, the rules, my Ross. Buddy, my buddy Jamie Tepley, who was a fantastic football player, Went on to play at uh, Nyack and, uh, um, oh, man, St. Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Um, and was like an All-American at St. Ambrose. He was super good. But Tep grew up right by the fairgrounds. He grew up on, like, East 25th. Yeah. Uh, he, and rode his bike to Dowling. But his that's a, dad. That's a long way. Tep was a freak. Uh, still is an athletic freak. Uh, it, Tep Tep's dad had gone to Dowling. So we knew when we were kids, Tep went to St. Joe's, and he went, you know what I mean? He was in that yeah. Catholic school system the entire time. Yep. So we, you know, that wasn't like one that they stole. They didn't recruit yeah. Tepley from the east side. Tep was going to Dowling from the time he was born. I don't know if this has cha- changed or not, but the first time I ever heard about what Dowling was actually like is my wife went to UNI, and she had some friends up there that had gone to Dowling, some, some guys that had gone to Dowling. And I remember making fun of them because they had to wear khakis. They could, could not wear, wear jeans. jeans. Yeah. Is that still the case today? I Can't. believe. I don't know if they've relaxed that or not. The family I grew up next door to in Pleasant Hill, they all went to Dowling. And uh, the, the mom, Nancy Austin, was like the assistant dean of students. And the way I understand it, she was like the one that you, you got in trouble. When you wore your blue jeans, it was Nancy yeah. that had to come and say, hey, you can't wear your blue jeans. Anyway, there's my Dowling connections. I love Dowling. I think Dowling's a wonderful place. I don't. I don't. I don't roll my Come on, eyes. Come Ross. At them. They're they're buying championships. I don't roll my eyes at any of that stuff. I think good for them. They've put together an amazing opportunity for kids in the in Central Iowa and really around the Midwest. They've become a magnet school for. Uh, for their academics around the world. Do you know how many kids come to Dowling from, like, Asian countries? I have no idea. It's remarkable. Mark, to the point that there are, there are people within the Dowling community who worry about Dowling losing a bit of its uh, identity and losing a bit of its culture because they, they, well, their, what, their, what, education, what the, their education is so superior that it's becoming... What, what is the identity, the though? The identity, I think, amongst normal people would be snob it's a snobby school it's expensive it's for the upper crust it's yeah those things you haven't i don't don't think i don't mention the catholic part yet uh catholic you know i i don't think the dowling is looked at or or revered or revered i think it's like of course dowling won you know they they get the best of the best because they they by these people. I'm not saying anything's true. I'm saying what, yeah. what you hear, right? Yeah. I never minded Dowling. I played Dowling three times when I was at Ames High in football. I beat them two out of three. So yeah. they can lick I, my butt. I, I like Dowling. I, I would, I'd, I'd push back on all that stuff. They the buy-in people and all that. I mean, Dowling's probably a great place. Yeah. But don't you think people, when they talk about Dowling, it's probably a little bit of jealousy? Jealousy is a, big, a great word for if it. If their yeah. kid's not able to go to Dowling? Yeah, what, or, what does Dowling cost a year? No idea. Hope if I ever find out, 10K? it's through a scholarship. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. know. I bet I, I bet. can I, don't I Google. Know. It's a, I don't know. I'm going to Google. Down but I'll tell you, right now, I would much rather have my kid out there than where I am. And we love where we are. Oh, pop right up. Here you go. According to Wikipedia, which is never wrong about anything. Never. Keep this in, in mind. 
Uh, total tuition cost for 2018-2019 is $11,176 plus fees. Uh, tuition for students born to Dowling Parish is seventy, yeah. almost eight thousand. Fees is where they get your mark. Tuition for international students is twelve thousand seventy six. They charge uh, fifty more dollars. Fifty. Fifteen hundred. No, 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 no. They charge a hundred. I'm trying to do the math here. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm wrong on that. They charge about nine hundred more. Nine hundred more for international students, which seems racist. Uh, but anyway, eleven thousand dollars a year. To go to high school. High school's free. Right? Ankeny High School's free. You pay property taxes. But Ankeny's free. You, you Roosevelt's asked, free. You asked when you were we were talking about you, you like going to Roosevelt before we came on the air about um I mean that's that's more many, expensive than it is to go to Iowa State for tuition. Right. You asked about how many kids uh out of Roosevelt end up with you know, our road scholars or end up with and there are quite a few. Roosevelt is has an has an awesome system. Dowling Dorset, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, sending your kid to private school, man, Mark, I, I'm not doing it, so I'm not trying to sell people on it, but I will, I will sit here and tell you there's a ton of benefits to it. Yeah. Uh, the idea where, where you're going to go to college, where you get accepted to college, the college preparation that happens within Dowling is completely different. And, and for it, it blends a lot of the things that we've talked about today. The reason why Dowling is far superior is because they don't have to deal with the bullshit. They don't have... Well, they don't have classes. I remember, and, you know, people think, again, this isn't my own personal experience, but I have a, a friend who did teach um, a class at Lincoln High School. And I went, I, I, he's a friend. I stopped in one day to say hi to him when I was in the area. Everybody in that class was at risk of dropping out mm -hmm. all of them right they'd been absent too many times they didn't want to be there whatever that was his class yep they don't have that class at Dallas. no so you don't have to waste any time no, on those kids mark there you're, you're nailing it there dude the dowling can walk in and say who doesn't want to be here and if kid raises his hand they go get out yeah get out guess what they have to do at lincoln who doesn't want to be here Okay, well, what can we do to make you feel more comfortable? Damn the other 29 kids who are actually here to learn yeah. and get better and, 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 and want to be a part of something. And, and if you're lucky, you got 29 to 1. Yep. Normally in a, in a school district in, in Des Moines, you're looking at probably a 25 to 5 shithead to, to <laughs> yeah. ratio, yeah. right? Yep. Um, and it's, it, it's all of these things, man. It's all this stuff that compounds on top of each other. The kids that are showing up for school very rarely are falling into the category we had earlier in this conversation about uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Central Iowa. Dowling doesn't have a chapter, okay? Yeah. Because you don't have kids that are showing up hungry in the same clothes, blah, 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 blah. All of this stuff compounds, man. The, the, the kids are showing up in better condition with parents that are more involved, as yeah. soon as the kid starts to get off track, somebody's in there to kind of get, get them back in line and go, no, no, no. And then you take that to the, to the public schools where you've got multiple kids who for years have been off the tracks. Mm -hmm. And again, man, I, I say all this, I am a huge advocate of the public schools. There's great things that come out of those things. That come out of those schools. And the important thing to remember is you can be just as successful out of a public school as you can be you know out what of Dowling. Mark, Mark, you know what the difference is? The one thing that matters between a shitty education coming out of East High School and a great education coming out of East High School, I've seen it over and over. It's one thing, one word, parents. Yeah. That's it. 
And you can do that anywhere. Active, if, caring Active, parents. caring parents who are there. Like I just said, you see the kids start to get off track. Somebody's there to correct it and go, no, no, no. That's not the right path. Yeah. yeah. Fly right. Now I can see where I'm not oblivious to these arguments that people would say, see, this is a this is an economic issue, right? There's a lot of people that would like to send their kids to Dowling. Right. They don't have the twelve grand. Yeah. To do it. It's yeah. not an option for them. They can't do it. So that part of life is closed off to them. Yep. I'm not um, unsympathetic to that. I get that. The counter argument would be that's probably true. There are some things in life that might be off limits to you. Augusta National is off limits to me, Ross. They're not going to let me in, and Mark, I and I and I appreciate that. Mark, they're not going to let me go to the moon. You know why? You know <laughs> not why? an astronaut, Ross. Because I don't qualify. Yeah, I'm, and and that's like if, if you want to be really harsh about it, you want to know why. It's not a it's not a economic issue. It's a socioeconomic issue. It's a class issue. Yeah. I'm old enough now. I'm 42 years old and I've lived in central Iowa my entire life. If I were that type of person, I'd be at Dowling. Yeah. If I'd had my shit together, if I had money in the bank, if I had, I would be in a better place than I am right now. For anybody that's looking around and going, well, uh, they just won't let me in because I don't have the money to pay the bills. Yeah. And you don't have the money to pay the bills because you aren't that type of person. Yeah. I'm not either. It's not. I'm not judging you here. Yeah. I, I'm that type. I, I'm that shithead too that didn't get it together. Well, even if you could have saved twelve grand, you wouldn't have because you would have spent it on whatever. Whatever. I mean, some yeah, of that. Whatever frivolous garbage. Yeah. I, I, and that's. And again, one of those compounding things. You put all of these parents together in one yeah. area who all have money, who all want to make it work for their kids, who want to give them the best opportunities possible. And then they do it, and yeah. everybody in the surrounding community around them has the balls to go, oh, jerks. <laughs> it's, what, it's do you do? what do you do? It's, You're jealous. You're jealous of it. People, and by the way, people hate to admit that they're and, jealous. And don't though. be hate jealous. Hate to admit it. Because in our community, you know, Dowling's not... We talk about Dowling like it's some sort of beacon and pinnacle and all this stuff, man. It's got, it's got its problems, big time. Different problems than Johnston. Johnston has different good things. Every one of these communities, Ankeny's a wonderful community. Man, I'd love to raise my kids up here. Des Moines offers a lot of awesome things. It's not sports. You're not going to be on a state championship football team playing at a Des Moines public school district. No, you're not. You're not going to. No. You're not going to. You're going to get a hell of an education. If and I would say, Ross, never. There's no chance. I mean, that a Des Moines it, school would win a state championship in football. I'm not going to say never, Mark. Because I'm going to say never, Ross. You know what? What if in three years there's another virus and Des Moines public schools are the only <laughs> ones that are actually playing? Under normal circumstances, all Ross, of the, all of the never kids, going to win. All of the kids show up to play at Roosevelt. They're Roosevelt never going to win a state championship. Roosevelt wins a state championship, going four and zero. Yeah. I mean, all right, let me let me rephrase it. Yeah. North is never going to win a state championship. <laughs> I don't even think they win football games most years. Man, Any that's, games. yeah. That, that, again, big, big, long conversations about why. There's plenty of reasons yeah. why. But uh, no, so, I, you know, but ultimately, to, to put a bow on that conversation, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, ultimately, in your life, if you go to Dowling or if you go to East or Roosevelt or Lincoln or North or Hoover or any of them, you can still be successful. Now, successful is up to each person to define for themselves. 
but I just don't want people to think like, ah, I was screwed from the get go. I didn't go to the right school. So therefore I'm, I'm, I'm screwed in life. That isn't true. Mark, uh, this is, this is the conversation I have at East high school with kids. Every time I get a chance to talk to them, you, there are kids that walk around East that, and I was one of those kids. I thought that East had this yeah. really negative perception out in the world. By the way, you and I both know someone. I don't know that many people from East, but I do know one person from East that is a scientist, makes bank now. You, you know her too. So Who's that? Abby. Oh, Abby's entire group of friends are all scientists and badasses. Uh, Crystal Loving, Mandy Wolver. Uh, yeah, they're all girls that went on to be badasses. Christy Grasso is a girl that I graduated with who was like a microbiologist. Her last name is Deal now. She married one of the Deal Orchards guys. Mm-hmm. Um, th- dude, these, those are great examples. Uh, East has such an amazing community of successful people. And, that, and this is where I tell these kids, you think you're going to walk out into the world, you're going to go to principal and you're, or banker's trust and apply for a job, and you're going to go, oh, God, they're going to see I went to East, and they're going to think I'm a low life. What yeah. you don't know is that somebody on that hiring committee also went to East. Mm-hmm. That the CEO of banker's trust went to East. That the president of the Iowa uh, uh, Bar Association went, to, like, over and over and over and over yeah. and over of stuff where you're a part of this fraternity that you didn't even know you were a part of, and it carries a completely different weight than you think it does. Yeah. You think it's an albatross around your neck, and it actually is a metal that people are going to see and go, whoa, this kid went to East. Like him. Yeah. Tough. Can work with different people. Is gonna, isn't going to come to work with his problems about how his Mazda Miata broke down for the day. He's, this kid's been through the ringer. Miata. He's going to be tough. We, yeah, the yeah, East High kid up above everybody else. That happens. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it play that way. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. You know me well enough to know that I'm just not a big fan of the using the crutch as as uh, you know whatever your life circumstances. And again, you have to be you have to be at least acknowledging of the fact that there are people that had uh, worse life circumstances than yeah. me. And I totally get that. And everybody does what you're talking about, Mark, too. Every, everybody does the thing of like, man, woe is me. <laughs> Nobody had it as tough as I did, man. My pool in the backyard was only four foot. I couldn't even dive in that thing, man. I couldn't even man. dive in my pool, man. I almost called DHS on my parents. So bad. Yeah. It's, uh, would you, um, so how old is Eli? 11? 10. 10. All right, so he's got six more years before he's able to be driving on his own. Uh, that's six years of real estate. You'll be a wealthy individual by that point. Would you buy Eli a car? Yeah. My dad bought, my mom and dad bought my first car for me. In fact, my first car. Like, the limit, yeah, what, what kind of car first, is the, the real okay, question? It was a, you can buy Eli a car for 500 bucks. And that's what he'll get. Okay. That's what he'll get. Um, a Chevy Cavalier, 1984 Chevy Cavalier was my very first car. Now, it sounds like an incredibly shitty automobile. It sure does, Ross. And it sounds like... I also like, owned a Cavalier. It also sounds like... Not an, as shitty as my Cadillac Cimarron. Now, don't let Cadillac fool you, my friend. Wait a minute. You had a Caddy? Yeah, this was, this was the worst Cadillac of all time. Okay, my brother handed it down to me. I got to Google this thing. Oh, Cadillac man. Cimarron? It was a piece of crap, dude. Uh, oh, I don't think I drove it for very long before it pooped out. I had, so that, that 1984 Cavalier, which was urine yellow. Urine yellow. Um, Love it. It was, uh, I drove that thing in 1994. 
So it was only a 10-year-old vehicle at the time. That's, that's pretty cool, and man. I, I, I remember thinking when I drove the thing, like, God, this thing's ancient. My God, this thing is so old. It doesn't even have a CD player. It's got a tape deck in it. And, you know, it's like, and now I look back on that like a 10-year-old vehicle. Eli, I'll be lucky if I buy him a 10-year-old vehicle. I'm looking up a Cadillac Cimarron for you here. I got to see what this thing looks like. Oh, my God. It doesn't even look like a Cadillac, man. I don't... I, it, Look at this! Look at this thing. That's a caddy. Exactly. What? Exactly. Was dude. it that color brown? That that uh, it is. was brown. It was brownish. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at that! Look at that sweet ride, dude. It does not look like a Cadillac. No, in it any does way. not. Looks no, like a Dodge K car. <laughs> it looks like a piece of shit. That's what it looks like. <laughs> that was not my worst car, by the way. I had a had a Cavalier. Um, I had the worst one I ever had was a was a Hyundai before Hyundai made good cars. And that one had crank windows. Both cranks broke. Ooh. So the windows were down all the time. <laughs> so at night, I was in college when I drove this. At night, I'd put towels over the windows. So if it rained, I'd come out and the towels would be soaked, but the interior would be a little bit dry. So people were like, oh, you had a good charter. I had, you know, I had moments where I was driving real, real pieces of shit. So when people say, oh, you got a nice car now, it's like, eh, I put in my dues on that. I definitely put in my dues. But my wife and I have had this conversation a lot. Um, and you're going to have it too, which makes me happy, Ross. I'm happy for you. Um, and I say that, you know, it makes me happy to say that for you because we've talked about my personality before. For me to be genuinely happy for somebody is a good thing. That's something. <laughs> it takes a lot for th- you. No, that's something that I, that, that I personally like. I'm just like, one, because I guess I don't care that much. You know, like clients, yeah, I want to do a good job for clients. I want them to, to, to move on. I want them to find the right house. I don't want it to come off the wrong way. But like personally, in my personal life, you know, it's like if people uh, go the other way from me, I'm kind of like, yeah, screw them, you know. So for me to say like I'm happy for somebody, it's like good. Uh, you know, my heart still works. Um, <laughs> but my wife and I have had this conversation about um, what do you get your kids when you have the ability to get things for your kids? Ultimately, right? I grew up uh, one income family, uh, one car garage house, um, small bedroom, you know, all that stuff. I didn't grow up poor, but the definition of probably middle class, right? If that, if that. Dad drove for UPS my whole life. So just, you know, made enough to support the family. But it was never one of those things where it was like extra, right? So when it came time to buy the basketball shoes, we'd go to Sears. And by the Sears high tops, yep. when my buddy right next door had the Reebok pumps. Yep. You know? I was that same family. And it was just that way. It was just that way, right? Um, so now when it's, it's, it's weird, I'm grateful, but it's weird that when my wife says, oh, basketball's coming up, I need to go buy seat and shoes. We don't even have that conversation about what's the budget, what shoes should we buy. I'm just like, just go buy him the shoes that he wants realizing that that can certainly create entitlement. Um, dad buys me whatever I need. Dad's going to get me a good car, whatever, right? It can take many forms. So the interesting conversation is how do you make those choices, right? So I think one thing that we're going to do when I, my kid gets 14, 15, whatever, regardless of whether or not he needs to for money is get a job. Yeah. See, Mark, I, I could have finished that for you. I knew that. And, and, It'd be very easy to spoil your kid. You've got you 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 could do it. Well, you my kid my kid has his own bathroom. 
I mean, that alone is spoiling my kid, right? He's got his own bathroom. I think a lot of people could look at you and say you are spoiling your kid. Being around you, though, you do expect, you're raising seat in the right way. You're raising your kids to have respect for people and respect for things. Your kids, I don't think, take it for granted, and they're pretty young right now. They're in that age that they would be. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, is it possible for you to ruin your kids by spoiling them? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dude, there's a thousand ways to ruin kids. (laughs) Yeah. Like My brother and I have talked about this all the time. My, My mom worked her entire life at an adolescent psych ward, okay? And we would we would get these stories of kids that didn't grow up in the environment that we're talking about, okay? And Brad and I always used to say, mom taught us a thousand ways to screw up a kid. I don't know the right way to raise them, but I know a thousand ways to screw them up. Yeah. I think you're a lot closer to doing it the right way than the wrong way, you know? It, aren't you... Aren't you any parent would rather be in a situation where they can provide for their kids if they need to than the other way. And so, and, and so, I mean, like, I don't think spoiling your kid has anything to do with the amount of money you have in the account. I, I, I think that you could be a bajillionaire and raise really grounded kids if you're doing it the right way. And I, just being around your family, I think that you are. I mean, like, Seton's, not, Seton's a good kid. You know, and he's he's in fourth grade. It would start to you would yeah. you'd, you'd start to see the signs of shithead popping through right? <laughs> at some point. I've I've been around enough. We've now we've we've lucked out with him, dude. He's, yeah. he's he is a well, sweet Well, because kid. you and Katie. First, I mean, look at Katie. I think Katie's a great example of it. Katie grew up in a pretty wealthy home. Dad was a doctor, right? Yep. Or okay. Yep. Katie's not spoiled. Katie will work her ass off for what she wants. She, I mean, yeah. So you can and she, and that, she well she's a good example. She grew up with money uh, for sure, but didn't know it. Right, didn't know it. They didn't do anything flashy. Right, right at all. Uh, the friends that I have, her dad on the is East one side. of those frugal yeah. people I know. Yeah, that's why I, that that's what it is, man. That's what I see and I like about Katie because I had friends that were that way. I had friends that were really wealthy and I had no idea until we were twenty something. Yeah, and it was like, oh my gosh. Now I get it. Like your dad owns that. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why didn't we go to Paris? <laughs> <laughs> We've done a few things or tried to do a few things with our kids. Um, one, one thing we do, by the way, is whenever we meet the teacher, like everyone has meet the teacher mm-hmm. day. And I think, you know, Seton reputation's out already. He's a good kid. He wants to please. I mean, that's just what he is. But. You know, that first day we're telling the teacher, listen, man, if he's doing something wrong, we want to hear. Yeah. You know, we'll have your back. We're not yep. going to be like our kid wouldn't do that. We yep. want to know we so we this, can we correct them. We do the same thing. We So I think teachers like to hear that. But the other one is reminding them. And, I again, I don't want to give the impression I live in a mansion. You've been in my house, Ross. Um, my and, son, and it, and my son thinks you live in a it's, mansion. It's not, for the record. <laughs> it's just It just isn't. It's a nice home. It's just, it, yeah, it's not a mansion. But we tell our kids all the time, because especially where I grew up, and even my wife grew up in a house that was normal, normal. We tell them all the time, you guys are very uh, fortunate and blessed to live where, where we do. Just not, not only just the house, but... The area. The area, the yeah. location, like all, golf, all, all of that. You have a golf course and a pond in the back. Yeah, so all of that. I'm like, you're, you're very fortunate to live here and the reason that you live here is dad decided he didn't want to do something that was going to be ordinary yep. in life he wanted to go start a business and take a risk and and do all those things and 
if that goes well, it pays off in life. If it doesn't go well, it doesn't. Um, knock on wood, obviously, you know, now that Ross has joined us, hopefully it will continue to go well. But at least the recognition of, you know, appreciate what you, what you have. That, that's an important part. It takes time, man. It did with you. It did with, I'm sure it did with Katie. did with me, certainly. It took me a long time, and I mean 20-something, man. you got to get out and make it on your own and, and fail on your own. Yeah. Pay bills and struggle to pay bills for a long time to get the perspective to look back and go, holy cow, mom and dad did this thing, and they made it look so easy. They made it look you know, like it because it, it's tough. It's really, really, really hard. And, you, and the, even your friends will look yeah. at you when you make it look easy and go, damn. Yeah. Good job. Good job, and, man. And the other thing I've told my son many times, and I'm already telling Duke, who's four, um, more relevant to Seton, is when it comes to talk about getting jobs and stuff, I tell him, Seton, at some point in your life, you're going to start really liking girls. And you're going to think one's cute, and eventually you're going to want to marry her. And if you haven't learned how to work and how to figure things out and not come to dad for money, uh, she's going to think you're a loser. Yep. Dude. So you need to do these things. So someday, someone will actually want to marry you based on what you've done in your life and what you're about to do and your potential in your future. And he, of course, giggles and like, oh, I, I'm <laughs> He's four, like, Mark. I'm not going to like girls. I'm not going to like girls. No, no, they're yucky. But I'm like, ah, you know, you'll, you'll sing a different tune. But I do, so I do He's feel, I do, I do ultimately feel that sense of responsibility. I think as all fathers should, especially when it comes to their sons, to prep them. To not be worthless when you get out. This is the, the Aaron and I were, were complaining with Eli the other day. I think I told you this conversation we had. Uh, we asked him, we, we were leaving somewhere. I, if I remember right, we were going home and it was just like, hey, when we get home, you're going to need to yeah. work in the yard, clean the room, clean up the porch, whatever it was. Yeah. X job. Yeah. When we get home, and again, we're like having ice cream at the moment. Yeah. Hey, when we get home, I'm going to have to clean up the room. And he kind of went, ugh. <laughs> And I just don't, I, Aaron and I don't handle that well. And so we kind of started barking at him, saying, hey, you can't do that. And he goes, all I did was breathe. And we said, we know. Yeah, you breathe in a bad way. And here's the deal. Someday you're going to have a boss. Yeah. And your boss is going to say, hey, go do a job that you don't want to do. And you can't do that. Yeah. We, it's our job as parents to get that out of you. Attitude is everything. So that when you are told to do something that you know you have to do, even though you don't want to do it, you don't. You, you get yeah. past it. You have this, this, the tools to go, oh, well, that sucks, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Here's my parenting tip of the day. I did this the other day, and my kid likes to be uh, challenged, and, he, and you can tell he feels pride, right? And you want to feel uh, a pride in doing something right or figuring something out. That's good. So it'll lead you to do it more often in life. But just a little thing. Like, I went to come and go the other day with him. It was just me and Seton. And I handed him 10 bucks, and I said, you need to go in, and you need to get milks two milks i told him what type of milk it was i told him what the cap looked like the color of the cap um and he had questions like any nine-year-old what if what if there is no milk well there's no milk you come back out okay what if the money's not enough you say hold on a second i'll go get some more out of the car you know like these little challenges because immediately they're filled with fear mm -hmm. like oh, i don't know what to do but the look on his face as he bounded out with two two things of milk yeah the success and he figured it out yeah, like I those did. are huge for Absolutely kids right, right? So the more things I like, I want to do that with my kids, trust them, and they'll screw things up, yeah. and that's fine. I'm like, you idiot. I said whole milk. This is 1%. Get your ass back in there and do it right. 
I'm not going to do that. You, you apologize know. to that manager. <laughs> yeah, so... Tell him you're an idiot. But, like, challenge your kids with stuff like that. It yeah, might seem little idea. to us, but it's huge to them to be able to do that type of thing. So, Father of the Year over here. Pretty much. It's you. For sure. Did Eli like the pool party? Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. He does... It, that the... I don't he, have a pool, by the way. We're not he, talking about But he house. does think that you live in a neighborhood of mansions, you know. I don't. I know. I don't, you don't have to get into me. I know. By the way, there is a definition, I think, of mansions. Um, I've looked it up before. I think it's over 10,000 square feet. Wow. Officially to be a mansion. I don't know if that's total finished square feet or above ground or whatever, but no, I don't, I don't live in a mansion. That's a big And based on, based on that, there are very few mansions. In central Iowa. There are some, for sure. Yeah, I remember because the register used to do like Mansion Monday. Remember where they would... Uh, Alba's old house was a mansion. Yeah. I don't know if his new one is. Probably is. Dude, that's... Square footage. That is... I live. I don't live in a small house. That's five of my house. That's six of my houses. Yeah. Maybe more. There's Maybe a, more. That's a lot of my houses is what I know. Your co-host boss lives in a, uh, lives in a mansion. Yeah. For sure. He has one of the best houses in Ankeny. There's no question about that. Um. So yeah, what will be most interesting is five years from now, will you buy a mansion? When you, here's what I would say to anybody listening: <laughs> if anybody out there wants to buy a mansion, give me a call. You're the guy, Ross at TrotterHouseIowa.com. Yeah, Lo- he, love to help you through that buying process. He just wants to get inside and look around for sure. No, so what I really want is that three percent on that buy side. Ross is uh, <laughs> Ross is killing it. Ross is uh, shaking and baking. He's making moves. He's uh, churning uh, and burning, start, baby. Starting to put more deals under under his belt. Just like I said he would. It's almost like I predicted it. So, so, it's almost like you told me this was going to happen. I said, Ross, you should come sell real estate. You'll be good at it. People like you. And I said, no. They're all going to hate me. What do I do? All right. Well, we're both off to do more of uh, Got to do that. those things, man. Hey, yeah. If you do want to buy or sell a house, call us. We'd like to help you, and we'll see you next week. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us, and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.